0: But first, I'm going to just tell you a bunch of things. I'm going to talk for a while, so fasten your seatbelt. I have a lot of things to share this morning. This is going to be very different. It's more like a, a bit of a pause from our kind of normal expository preaching and just kind of going through books of the Bible and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this week and, and two other Sundays, we're just going to get it. Well, the, the, the title of the message or the series is going to be The Glory of small. All right, and you'll understand what that means as we get into it. But I'm really just preparing the church for this transition that we're about to move into in May. All right, but let me just give you a few things. So, April, I'm kind of doing the announcements as well. April 30th. So, those of you know, uh, on the fifth Sundays, there's about four of them every year, uh, we do community meals and sometimes baptisms. And we usually do them here, but sometimes we've done uh, these community meals out in parks. And so this next one, there's a couple exciting things about this next one that we're going to do in April, April 30th, which is not next week, but the week after. Um, We're going to be using the Varden Gregorian Elementary School, which is in Fox Point. And some of you remember that space because we used to meet as a church in that space. It's a really fun school. It's like the kids' favorite space because it's huge, huge wide hallways, and they can just run all over. There's a, a courtyard the kids can run around in. There's a, there's a playground in the back. There's even a baseball field. Hopefully the weather will be good. Part of the idea is that for the community meals is that we not just eat together but, but kind of play together. You know, so you can bring, bring frisbees or whatever Bring whatever you want to bring. There's also a gym. The hallways are wide enough to, I mean, we could probably have like a floor hockey uh, match in the, in the hallway. We won't because there's huge glass windows. But, um, <clears throat> but it's, it's going to be great. But the hallway is actually where we'll have the meal. We'll just set up a long table uh, right down the middle. And the other exciting thing, and also that's one of the locations of our small communities, uh, the, the College Hill group meets over there. But one of the other exciting things about this uh, community meal is that the Potter's House team is going to come and do street tacos for us. Yeah, we're really excited. So they did that for us a few months back. And I've been craving those street tacos ever since. They're so good. They do them on grills, kind of flat grills outside. and, And so I'm excited to have them. So that'll be April 30th. It'll be a little later. It'll be noontime, so noon to 2 o'clock. You can certainly come early. We'll be putting all this info and newsletters and stuff like that. But you can come out a little bit early. People will be there just prepping and setting up stuff. Uh, But we'll we'll meet about noon. And, you know, if you can stay for an hour or two hours, whatever, we'll probably eat between noon and 1 and then just play and stuff. So stay as long as you can stay. All right? So we won't be here on April 30th. Remember that. Um, in May, we are going to have a core gathering. Now, the core, for those that don't know, is just, it's basically the membership. We just call it core, uh, the, the membership body at Renaissance Church. There's 102 people who are part of the core, and I just want to say all are invited to be a part of the core. Um and I'll just give a little bit about this. I think the core is going to become maybe more important this year than any year previous because we're just there's going to be so many changes and doing so many different things. So the core is kind of the 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 family business. You know, we come together. You know, the hundred of us and we we worship together. We talk about things. We discuss things. Sometimes we break into groups. Um, I share a lot of vision at those gatherings. They're really important. There's special communication that goes just to the core. We can't send out all information to everybody because there's like, I don't know, like well over a 1,000 people on the newsletter, people that just kind of come every once in a while or people that came for two months and then they left. And so we we don't know exactly who's with us and who's not. So that's why the core is really important. So if you feel like this is your church... I mean, just step in. Um, there's no huge requirement or anything like that. It's just like, yeah, this is my church. This is where I want to be. So I want to be. I want to be part of the family. Um, so how to join? If you're not part of the core, just contact us and and we'll send you. It's kind of an online thing, but um, it could be a paper version too. But it's just like a we call it a core profile, and you you share a little bit of your story and you know when you became a Christian and just, you know. Just some basic things. Some people fill it out, I can tell, in like 45 seconds. Other people, um, it take maybe half an hour or maybe longer to do it. So you can kind of choose which. Um, But really, it's just a way to, it's a way for you to say, yep, I'm in, like count me in for 2023. And we do it afresh each year. So in 2024, like everybody's out and has to uh, renew their membership. So that's kind of how it works. That's a short version of it. But anyways, the next uh, core gathering will be in May. And we gather on the, on Sunday afternoons, usually the first Sunday of every month. And the next one will be May 7th. And we're not going to do it here, but we're going to do it at one of our mission spaces that I'm going to tell you more about in a few minutes out uh, in, in Warwick on kind of where the old Rocky Point Amusement park uh, used to be, and there's a state park there now. Kind of in that, not outside, but we have a mission space that we're gonna we're gonna use. We've been renovating the space, and you know I, I think everybody's kind of curious to come out and check it out. And it's in good enough shape where we can at least we can at least do the core gather there. Um, another thing we're doing this year, and this is the first time we've ever done this, is something called Hope Day. Uh, so this happens Saturday, June 3rd. At noon, and it's basically a collaboration. It's about twenty different churches from all around. Many of them from Warwick, uh, some from as far as Aquidneck Island, uh, out in Seekonk. They're kind of all over, but it's all these different churches coming together to put on just a classic festival. You know, where you have different uh, nonprofit organizations, the police, the fire trucks are there you know, the bouncy houses, grilling food, just all that kind of typical, you know, giant, um, you know, church carnival or festival. (laughs) Um, It's fun. We've done many of them, kind of smaller scale ones in in Providence. So the location for this one this year, they do this every year. And by the way, there's like 40 of these festivals that happen on the same day all throughout the Northeast. It's pretty cool. Um, But this year's festival is going to be at Oakland Beach, um just if you've been to Oakland Beach, not like right on the beach, but there's this uh, huge baseball field um, that's kind of set back from the water a little bit. Just a nice big open space. So what we need, volunteers as always, you know, for these kinds of things. So if you're interested in, in playing a role, uh, let us know. Uh, I took on the, I just love doing this. I took on the responsibility Um, of distributing the 20,000 invites. Sometimes I'm like, why is there 20,000? This is a lot of work. So I'm putting it out there, I could use some help doing this. And the idea is, when they do these festivals, they prioritize the immediate neighborhoods around where the festival's gonna be. So Oakland Beach, and Kanemika, and Tidewater, and maybe one or two other neighborhoods that are kind of right around that. And we just do the distribution on foot, And we just, you know, put them in the doors. And if people are out, we talk to them and all that. So there's going to be uh, five different opportunities to do that. Um, Saturday, May 6th, Saturday, May 20th, Saturday, May 27th, Friday, June 2nd, and also the day of kind of in the morning from 10 to noon. So I will probably be um, aiming to be at all uh, five of these. If you want to come and hang, if you want to get to know the pastor, right? People are like, oh, the pastor's so busy, you can never get to know him. Here's five opportunities to hang out with me, all right? You can walk right by, ask me every theological question you've ever had. Um, No, but it just, you might not walk next to me, so, you know, because I might spread you out. (laughs) But we we need help to do this, and it's good to have 10, 15, 20, 30 people even, you know, going out and doing this. But it's fun, you can bring kids, you can bring strollers, Anybody can do this. you can move fast, you can move slow. Um, so it's something for. I love doing this, because God right, Jackie, right, come on, we've done this so much. Like when we do the art installations, we'll like print. I mean, I don't think we've done 20,000, but we've definitely done 10,000 invites, right? And but it's just fun to walk through the neighborhoods and just see what happens. And God just opens doors. And I'm not talking about go evangelize people and try to push Jesus. I'm not talking about that at all. You're just inviting them to a festival. And then they're like, what is this about? You know, why would I want to come to this? I don't know. Why, you know, and just things, the conversations just, just happen and yeah. flow. But not much happens if you just stay inside the bubble of the church building. You've got to get out, get, kind of get out there. So here's some opportunities for you. The weather's getting nice. Um... I'll put all this in the newsletter. By the way, if you're not on the newsletter, um, just invite you to do that. Just go to our website, or we can help you after service at the welcome table, easy enough, but um, you just go to the website and go to the bottom of the homepage, it says subscribe, and we usually send, probably at the most, one a week, or on average, maybe one a week, and sometimes I'll put a, like a letter, a pastoral letter out to the community, maybe about once a month, uh, but usually it's just like, here's the two or three or four things you need to be reminded of uh, that are happening. All right. Good? I'm going to speak fast because I have a half an hour to do all this. I can do it. I can feel it. So that was, those were the announcements. This is more of the message now. Okay. So the title of this first message is called New Season. Actually, the second message is called Next Generation. And then the third uh, part of this series will be called Nuts and Bolts. Do you see the three ends there? I didn't even mean to do that. Okay, it just kind of happened. But that's it. New season, new generation, next generation, nuts and bolts. So starting. I know I'm speaking to a crowd that everybody's on varying, you know, kind of levels of understanding of what we're going to be doing in the next month and the, this next season. Uh, so if this is old information for some of you, you know, just be patient. Some of you that it's just brand new and it could be like a lot to process. That's okay too. But I'm just going to do my best to kind of include everyone. So starting in May, actually on Mother's Day is it's the start of a new season for us, a new way of gathering. On the first and third Sundays of each month, we will gather all together right here in our main building at 184 Broad Street to worship and hear the word of God just like we're doing this morning. But on the second and fourth Sundays of each month, we will have several smaller neighborhood gatherings in various neighborhoods around greater providence that include worship, uh, Bible storytelling, we'll tell you more about that later, and sharing a meal together. In months that we have fifth Sundays, we will gather either here or somewhere else uh, to do our community meal and sometimes baptisms. All right, so I'm just gonna cut through and ask some questions and answer, kind of answer some you know, sort of frequently asked questions if you want to put it that way. Where do these gatherings happen? Well, one is right here in this location. Uh, Not up in this uh, second floor sanctuary, but on the first floor. That'll be one of the locations. 10 a.m. Sunday, it'll be be here. So you won't be totally lost. If you forget everything I said this morning and you just show up on Mother's Day at 10 o'clock, it's fine, it's fine. It'll be... Be 20 people here, probably 30 people, but uh, you'll be in the right place and it'll be fine. Another location is on College Hill, the east side of Providence, and as I mentioned before, that's the Varden Gregorian Elementary School on Wickenden Street. Uh, there's another location in East Providence. It's uh, I think it's the apartment complex is the Rumford Towers. It's just these two towers, and they're connected by basically a community space, a large community room that's probably almost as big as our sanctuary. Um, It's near Seven Stars over in Rumford. Another location is uh, Cranston on Pontiac Avenue. There's an athletic center over there, Um, kind of perfect little space. There's a gym there and some different rooms to eat meals in and things like that. And then uh, the last one is in Warwick. Uh, the what I was talking about before, the Warwick Neck um, Av space, kind of near Rocky Point. And I'm just going to give a little side note just about the just about the space itself. Just to, you know, there's I could talk all day about this, but just to give you a little bit, if it's so new to you, uh, many of you kind of know this, but not everyone that we have this space in in Warwick, and we're kind of treating the Warwick space as a bit of a prototype mission space. So a friend of mine, Pastor Matt McIntosh, that I've known from Bible school days, like 30-plus years ago, um, he merged with another church in Warwick. And um, in that merge, he sort of inherited a property that has two buildings on it. And this is the property we're going to be using in, in Warwick Neck. Um, so there's actually the two buildings, there's an old style, kind of New England style church building, uh, that was built in the 1800s, uh, that really is, needs so much work that it's, uh, there's no heat right now and it's just a mess. Um, so that's kind of like the storage building. That's what we're using it for. But behind it, there was a building, an old school building that was built in 1959. That's in decent shape, just needs a lot of, uh, a lot of love. So that's a space we're uh, beautifying. So the plan is to use the space for our small community, for the Warwick uh, small community, and, but also local mission initiatives. Uh, once we get past the initial investment to update the space, we'll be able to sublet the building to various groups, to different tenants, and we already have a couple tenants, and we'll also, you know, kind of rent out the space, kind of one-off rentals, and the goal is to make the project financially self-sustaining. It's a it's a beautiful property. There's uh, it's just in a wooded area. It's walking distance to Rocky Point uh, State Park, which you know the beach is there. Um, And the nice thing is, really, we can use this space for anything. We can use it for youth events. We can use it for core gatherings. If those who are on leadership know I've been wanting a space outside the city for a long time. Like, I love the city. (laughs) You know, I love being in the heart of Providence, but it has its limitations, too. Like when we do a community meal or a picnic, and, you know, you just want the kids to just run around and be outside. And I mean, it's a very peaceful area out there. I mean, I was just standing outside the other day, and there was a giant turkey that just walked by. I was like, this is cool, all right? You don't see this in broad, on Broad Street, okay? <laughs> um, there's deer out there. There's, like, just thick woods in, in the back. There's a path that goes through the woods. It's just, it's a really peaceful area. So we're really excited about um, all the things we can do with this space. And we will be the primary tenants of that space, Again, so And we're just kind of controlling the, the subletting. We can sublet to different groups. Um, so that's more to talk about on that. Well, one question is, why don't we meet in homes, right? I mean, over the last 20 years, we have, Renaissance Church has had a variety of small community gatherings at homes. And it can be, well, it's economical, right? <laughs> it's free. And it can be also very intimate. And we will continue to use our homes. I mean, Tiff and I are always opening our home for you know, different groups of people to come in and have dinners and things like that. I love meeting in homes. Homes are wonderful. Um, however, the aim for the neighborhood gatherings is to establish this you know, constellation of neutral spaces that is really accessible to all. And especially in New England, um, people are a little hesitant to step into somebody's home if if they don't know the person well, right? So the ideal space for a neighborhood gathering is one that is neutral and familiar and inviting. Um, so yeah, presently our spaces, most of the um, spaces that we're using are just kind of You know, we rent them for two or three hours at a time. But the goal long-term, again, we're just doing the one in Warwick, the prototype space, but the goal long-term would be to establish mission spaces. They don't have to be huge, because we're really talking about 20, 30, maybe 40 people, you know, gathering. They can be small spaces, and really, ideally, that we would make them financially self-sustaining. So that's another, that's a core gathering more lengthy discussion or a council discussion, but just want to try to get everybody in the know a bit, and that's that's my goal today. Well, one another question is, do I have to attend the one closest to me? Good question. One of the reasons we have neighborhood gatherings scattered around greater Providence is because the Wren community, we, we live all over the place. Um, the idea is to be in a small community, of people who live relatively close to one another. So it's easier to uh, just to serve one another. Like it's very natural, like Max and Josie, wherever they are, are right here. I mean, these guys live really close to us. So it's kind of easy to, you know, Max, I need your truck. You know, okay, great, fine. You know, it was like a swing over. Dom came, rode his bike to the mission space and and did did some work and helped. I mean, literally, it was like, I think, what was it? Seven minute bike ride or something. Incredible, you know. But you can. It's just easier to do kind of those more spontaneous things of supporting each other and fulfilling all the one another's when you live close to each other. So that's kind of the idea. So yeah, yeah, we encourage you to uh, be in the small community that's kind of closest to you. Um, That said, you don't have to choose the neighborhood gathering that's nearest you. Uh, You might decide to be one part of one that's a little further away because the time is better Uh, because they do meet in slightly different times, Um, or because you just have really good friends and 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 another one that's worth the the extra drive. And you can certainly be in more than one uh, small community. That's absolutely fine as well. Um, And you might even want to, for some who are brand new to all this, you could even just do a little tour. You You could go to all five of them over the course of you know, a couple of months or two or three months and, just, and then decide which one is the, the best. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But which one you might want to go to or where you have chemistry. I mean, that's, that's kind of what people do when they're shopping for churches anyways, right? They go to different churches and they try to figure out where they feel like they you know, kind of settle in, settle in best. Uh, so anyways, the whole point there is we're not putting a lot of rules on it. Um, just, you know, it's up to you. It's up to you guys. I mean, we're doing this to create something that's more embedded into the place where you live, okay? You know, so that, that we're encouraging that, but it's, we're not rigid at all about it. If you're like, yeah, I really feel like I want to be a part of the, you know, whatever, the, you know, the East Providence one for whatever reason, um, fine, it's great, do it, all right? So here's the times that they meet. The Southside one, like I said, will be here in this location. It'll be at, you know, from 10 to noon. It'll be a little longer than a regular church service because there's a meal uh, with it. The College Hill one, same time, 10 to noon. The East Providence one, same time, 10 to noon on Sunday. Um, the Cranston one is going to be just a little bit later. It'll be 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock. 1030. Oh, 10.30. Oh. All right. Was that? Sounds like that was a yeah. negotiating. The consensus was ten thirty. I can tell John wishes it was eleven. <laughs> right, John? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell by his tone. <laughs> um, okay, so ten thirty on that, um, and then uh, the Warwick one will actually be in the late, later half of the day. It'll be four o'clock to six o'clock. And part of the reason there is because one of the groups that we're subletting it to is a little Baptist church that meets there Sunday morning. But it also, I'm, that's my group. Uh, that's my small community, the Warwick one. So I, it also gives me the freedom to then visit all the other ones and just kind of, you know, do the, do the little apostolic thing. All right, so what does a typical gathering look like? Each gathering will be different for sure. Um, but there are certain things that you can expect at each gathering, like singing, uh, usually happening at the beginning, we're creating a, a tiny songbook with about thirty simple songs so that everyone can get familiar with the music, and parents can even teach their kids the songs at home. Um, because the gatherings are small, there is it's it's a lot easier to have opportunity in between songs for anyone present to lead out in a prayer or to share a verse of scripture. I and mean, this is the beautiful thing about small is that everybody can, can begin to contribute. Um, after this uh, block, someone will tell one of the many stories from the Bible. And we'll, again, give you more information about this later. But part of the reason we are focusing on biblical stories is because everyone loves stories, right? And they tend to engage all generations, Um, and that's just truth. But after the storytelling, there will be some ways to respond uh, for both adults and kids, and just to kind of process the story and apply it to your life. And again, children will be included in everything as much as possible. Uh, However, we will, you know, we will have opportunities for kids just to just to play and you know that we'll have little spaces for them and you know for, with just toys and stuff like that because some of the really little kids uh they just need that space so we're, we're working all this out there's leaders and uh kids workers and all that that are thinking all this through um before we start and have been thinking about it and then the last thing is that we'll share a meal together um you know, breaking bread was a huge part of the early church. Don't ever think that eating a meal together is not a deeply spiritual thing. It is. Jesus spent a lot of time with his disciples just eating with him, just being with them. Good things happen over, over the table, right? Things are shared. People open up their lives. We get to know each other. We discover needs We're able to meet needs over a meal. The meal is a powerful thing. And so to make it easier on everyone, um, the meals will be potluck style. I think everybody pretty much knows what that means, but it just means everybody contributes. But one of the valid questions that some have had is, well, is the word of God going to be preached at the neighborhood gathering? Right? Well, on the first and third Sundays, meeting here all together, sure, yeah, it's going to look like this morning. You know, we're going to do what we usually do sing some songs, preach the word, whether me or some other teacher in the body or guest speaker or whatever. Um, usually I talk for 40 minutes um, at least. Uh, so we will continue to do that. But on the second and fourth Sundays, It's not gonna look like that. It's not just gonna be a smaller version of what we do when we're all together. You know, with somebody, one person preaching for 40 minutes or 50 minutes, it's not gonna be like that. The word, however, is still gonna be central. It's just received in a different way. So you have to understand that preaching and teaching and storytelling and discussion and reading and all these different ways um, are good, In in, in terms of like just processing the word of God and applying it to our lives. In fact, those who are in education, you know that this variety is important, right? Those who are in a classroom with kids all day long, every single day, know Molly and Reed are like, yeah, that's right. You can't just lecture to them for seven hours, right? You can't. You need to have them in groups. You need to have them doing stuff. You need to have them share what they think about it. There needs to be interaction. There's some kids that love to read or write, process in that way. Some kids love to you know, do creative things or do art, do a project with three or four kids, to, you know, process the information. All of these different methods are important um, in uh, kind of absorbing information. Um, In fact, I would say some people really struggle with listening. Maybe some of you right now with listening to a lecture style uh, form of communication. You know, after ten minutes, it's like, oh my gosh, you just tune out. It's like hard to, it's hard to stay focused. Some of you are really good at that. I tend to love that. I just love. I can listen to sermons all day long. Um, It's just my, the way God wired me. But not everybody is like that. Some people need to do stuff and discuss things. They're external processors and all that. Um, so I'm just touching on each of these. There's so much more I could say on each. But, um, so yes, the word will be central in these small neighborhood gatherings. Are they just twice a month? Okay, that's, that's another question. Yes, yes and no. In one sense, yes, the neighborhood gatherings are twice a month on the second and fourth Sundays, but each small community will have a variety of other opportunities to gather as well. For example, maybe just the men will get together or just the women will get together or somebody will you know, host a barbecue at their house or maybe the whole... Group will go apple picking on a Saturday, and just you know maybe have like a extended worship block, you know from nine to midnight or something on some Friday. Like each each uh, small community is really free to do what they want to do, kind of the extra things that they feel would work and would kind of bring the community together or meet needs. And certainly there will be mission opportunities, like some things as a church, there are some things that we do all together, right? Like care for the square or the block party in South Providence. Like we've, you know, where we kind of, or Hope Day, I think, is kind of like that, you know, where we kind of encourage everybody in the church to to come out and sort of pitch in a hand. Um, but those are things we don't do. Maybe we do a handful of those every year. So we're not, as a staff, we're not dictating to each small community, what they should do for mission. They live there. They live in those neighborhoods. They're coming up with the ideas. We'll resource those ideas. We'll fund mission. But it's really up to uh, each small community to figure out what they want to do together for mission. And that's a great way, too, to get to know people and to be discipled, um, just to, to be doing things together. You know, there's again, there's a time to just sit in a circle, drink tea, and have prayer, or talk about the Bible. Like, I believe in that. That's a good thing. But sometimes the best way to grow is, you know, Jesus didn't do that, right, with his disciples all the time. They didn't just sit around and drink tea and, and pray and talk. Like, they did that, but then what else did they do? They just went out. They did stuff. They went about doing good all over. They did ministry together. And it's it's through the doing ministry together that you often really uh, become more like Jesus and you really get to know one another. Uh, so yes, the main gatherings are twice a month, but um, there will be much more. We want to really create these communities to be uh, you know, little mission families. Why are we doing this? Well, Renchurch Church was founded over 20 years ago, and has we've always had kind of a like big, quote-unquote big, it's not really big, but big Sunday gathering, and we've always had some kind of small group opportunity as well, pretty much since the beginning of the church. Maybe we've taken breaks, paused at certain points, but it's always been both. So why are we moving to this more dramatic hybrid model? Well, I've noticed through the years that most of our time and money and energy has gone into the, you know, the big Sunday event, um, which is good. But not as much goes into the smaller communities or the small groups. In fact, a lot of times, maybe half of the church doesn't even participate in small communities. I mean, that's kind of the, the norm now. You know, the average Christian just comes to the big gathering Twice a month. That's pretty much the the, the new norm. And that's not enough. That's not, that's not real church. That's not enough to fulfill the one another's and to really have deep relationships. Um, and as a result, it's just easy for people to kind of fall through the cracks and to not be deeply woven into the community. I mean, many churches had this epiphany during the pandemic when they realized, oh, we can't physically meet all together and all of a sudden... Half the church is just gone. They just disappeared. And so many pastors had that kind of revelation like, oh, the people in the community don't really know each other. You know, the, there's no roots of relationship. Um, so that, that's one of the, the reasons why we really want to structure things differently so that we're, we're f- kind of structuring things to foster deeper relationships. Um, deep discipleship happens best in the context of smaller gatherings. By small, I mean I mean, the smaller the better. One-on-one is the best, right? You know, three people, great. Peter, James, and John, 12, 20. I mean, we, when the church for the first three years was 30 people, phew, it was great. Everyone knew each other. It was just a small, intimate community. Um, it was beautiful, And so I think once you start getting past 30, maybe 30, 40, you're still good, even 50. But then once we, as a church, once we hit 100, 150, it was just, whoa, it was just easier to people coming, going, people falling through the cracks, and just we lost something of that intimacy. Here are some of the other reasons why we're passionate about gathering small. Everyone gets to contribute, unlike this morning. It's just me, Right? Just me and a couple other people, me and Kevin. You know, everyone, me, Kevin, and Promise, we're the stars of the show today. You know, but everyone contributes, or can at least contribute in a smaller setting. No one personality dominates. Um, People cultivate and use their gifts. Hospitality, I think, is more natural and personal. I've been, been to a, a really large church where there's just, you know, there's like 85 greeters with like the T-shirts and the tags and everything. It just, it's a little much, you know. Like I, it's, I mean, it's nice, but it just doesn't feel. It just feels weird. It just feels kind of forced or canned or whatever. It feels like I'm at the civic center and I'm coming. I don't know. These people are just. They got to do their job and they don't. They don't really want. Hi, how you doing? I don't. Know, do you really want to know? I just want to stop and just unload. They'd be like, okay, yeah, don't talk to me about this now. Um, But the point is when churches are small, when gatherings are small, you don't need that. You don't need to have 85 greeters with T-shirts because everybody is a greeter. And when, when the church was small, when we were like 30, 40 people, and somebody new came in on a Sunday, they were greeted or welcomed by all of us. Really, like all 30 or 40 of us would get, finally get around to that person and hey, glad you're here, you know, what's your name or whatever and, and it's just the, the hospitality is so much uh, richer in those small settings. Uh, the older teach the younger in the smaller settings in a more natural way um, and it's a lot harder for people to fade or fall away when communities are small. I was reading this book recently about small small churches, and the book was kind of making the point that it's a bit of a perception problem that we have, you know, even small churches most small churches don't want to continue to be small they want to grow big, everybody wants to be big, everybody wants to be like elevation church or some huge john Piper's giant whatever you know all these like those are the models out there that Whoa, we wanna grow into this big thing. And the whole book was about like, we need to rethink how we perceive small. Mm. Like, because there are certain things that can happen in a smaller setting that just could never happen in the bigger. I mean, the bigger thing is, like, we're American, right? We like big, flashy, exciting smoke machines. Like, just, yeah, we love, like, rock and roll. Like, we just want it to be big and powerful and impressive. And we bring our non-Christian friends, see how powerful we are. You know, look at the, this sound system costs $1.3 million. You know, let it blow you away, man. You know? But it's like, okay, I don't, is that really, is Jesus all about that? I don't know. Like... You know, if, it would, if Jesus showed up, great. Where are the smoke machines today? Like, we got to pull them out. Like, we need, we need more smoke in here. It just feels like, I don't know, it doesn't feel like heaven. You know, okay? We, we got to get the smoke moving in here, all right? I mean, I, God bless churches that use the smoke. I don't just whatever, not picking on. I'm just, my point is, like, small is good. Like, smaller, there are things that can happen in a smaller setting that just cannot happen at the big show. All right? So, anyways, that was not in the notes. Um, Are these missional communities? Absolutely, they are. These are not just like, oh, us, like us four no more, and it's like a little bubble, you know, the 20 of us. No, the missional aim will be to find ways together to engage people who live in those various geographic areas. Um, They can host gatherings of all different types Okay? And they can go out and serve and uh, help neighbors. And, and again, we're not dictating as staff or elders like what the, each uh, small missional communities should do. Because they, they, it's different. Every neighborhood's different. Um, we're just giving them the freedom uh, to do what they feel led to do. And again, the prototype space being the Warwick space, you know, we have more opportunity because we uh, we actually have a physical space that we can use 24-7. So we have lots of ideas and film discussions. We can do concerts. We can do art camps. I have so many ideas, like literally probably 100 different ideas of things that we can do. And we've done this for 20 years. We've beautified spaces all over the city, Conley Wharf, Westminster Street, we had a space. Broadway, we had a space. You know, we were over on the east side. We used the old armory building on benefit. We've always done this. Like, we would just kind of take a space. Some of them were really ugly and just beautify it and then use it to draw in people who are kind of not likely to step foot in church spaces, but they're comfortable coming to, you know, an art camp or coming to just, you know, a fundraiser or something like that. So we create opportunities of varying degrees of gospel potency. Um, let's see, I'm almost done. We're going to talk about uh, youth and the next generation. We'll talk a little bit about that um, next week. So we'll, I'm going to save that piece. Uh, you know, we'll we'll get into that deep next week. But a, a couple, a couple other questions I'll just finish on. What if I'm not a Christian yet? I think that that is, I think it's easier to come to the big show and just sit in the back as, you know, somebody who's just maybe curious about the Christian faith um, or just found found Renaissance Church or found a church on the internet and just want to kind of experience it. But I, I think that, and that's, I get that. I, I would maybe be like that too, just kind of like take it in, sit in the back. But you know, for somebody who's not yet a Christian, the absolute best way to process the Christian faith is to do that in in a smaller setting, in, in a smaller community where you can ask questions and you can get answers, you can process things, you can sort of connect the dots. Um, I had that, actually, when when I first became a Christian. There was less than 10 uh, people that I was just kind of dumped into this little community of young adults it was like great and honestly I went to I went to church services and I was like eh, I don't know I'm not really getting that much uh, out of this I mean I went and it, and it was good but I really never talked to the pastor and nobody even seemed like nobody even cared that I was there you know um, but what really helped me to to grow in Christ was this this being part of this circle of uh, young adult friends and where i could and they some of them were really close to the lord and had been walking with god for many years and so i could ask all my questions so we absolutely i mean we're not just like saying we'll allow non-christians to come to our no it's like we this is what we're we're doing this for them in many ways it's designed for that uh, we, we we will be thrilled if people who aren't yet Christian come into these these small communities. I mean, most, I don't know if it's most, but I would say probably about half of the core members at Renaissance Church um, didn't become followers of Jesus like at age four. (laughs) You know, I mean, some did, but some didn't. Some didn't grow up in the church. I became a Christian at 21. um, And so I think a lot of us understand how delicate it is and how even how confusing it is to, to move from unbelief to belief. It, it takes time, and, and there's a process there. Uh, so I think, again, the ideal thing is to do that in a smaller setting, not just you know, attending events uh, attending kind of big church events can be i mean it's still the word is preached and, and you can start to connect the dots, but you need you need a place to process with people um, I think that 's just hugely important um, yeah, so over the next several weeks um, there'll be opportunities to i know some i mean we 've already been doing these kind of uh, uh, you know, kind of getting the ball rolling over the last year or so, uh, just kind of meeting once a month or twice a month. So the, all these different small communities are already, you know, kind of moving forward. Uh, but if this is brand new to you and you're not yet in a small community, we'll have opportunities in the next few weeks. We're going to set up, we have the welcome table back there, but we'll set up a few other tables. We'll have a table for each small community and like one or two people from each small community so you can go and just ask questions and you know just kind of whatever and we're not asking for like i said you you might need some time so we're not asking for like you got to join and then like you're committed for for life to be in this small community you you might want to try out a few groups uh first to kind of figure out where you know which one would be the best for you that's totally fine um However, and this will be my, I'm turning my iPad off. This will be my last statement. In order for these to really flourish, it will require a certain level of commitment, devotion to these. If it's just like, eh, I'm not gonna go. I don't, I'm not feeling up to. You. I don't feel. I'm That's just right. gonna go to the park. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna take a nap. Like if if everybody kind of has like a very lax attitude about yep. the smaller communities, then it, it's kind of contagious. Right. Well, it seems like even the leaders aren't that into it. That's right. You know, they're like not even here that often. Mm. You know, why should I care? You see what I mean? It's like the, these things kind of get they just kind of bleed right through the community. I can be, as the pastor, all about it, totally devoted. That's not enough. That's, right. That's not enough. It needs to be, like, the majority of us, like, in this thing. So I, I'm just asking for, I mean, we have hugely simplified the, the menu at Renaissance Church, yes, Jesus. right? You know, like, when you go into Chipotle, there's, like, four things. You know, it's just Simple. That's what it is. Like, starting in May, it's like, okay, a couple times a month, we're meeting all together, a couple times a month, meeting in the small community. The small community does some extra other things, uh, you know, when they want. And every once in a while, you know, do some kind of big thing like Hope Day. That's simple. We don't have, there's no men's ministry. There's no Royal Rangers. There's no, you know, women's ministry. There's no like, I mean, I could just list. We do not have this long cheesecake factory menu of different opportunities. Okay. It's not like that. So I'm just asking the couple things that we do have, like the Sunday gatherings, like let's be totally committed to these. Can I ask for that? Listen, I mean, good. We got one so far. <laughs> all right, I'm already over time. Uh, just follow Rose in her, in her devotion. Thank you, guys. And listen, if you have questions, just come. I'm trying to cover all the bases here. Just ask me questions, email me, talk to John, talk to Catherine, talk to leaders. I want everybody to have a good understanding of, of where we're going, why we're doing this. Uh, don't hold anything back. Um, love you guys. I'm excited for this season. Yes. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're going to do yeah. in this new season, the coming months. Uh, Lord, give us wisdom. Give us energy. Give us strength. Yeah. And Lord, we pray that as we step into this that we would reach people who would never be reached. Who would never be reached in a traditional model. Um, yeah, bring them in, Lord. You know who's lost and who needs, who needs salvation, Lord. Just use us in all these different neighborhoods to reach people who are lost. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Love you guys. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah.